Welcome back to Real Relationship Holes, a podcast all about exploring the realities and complexities of healthy relationships. Real Relationship Goals is a project of the Prevention and Education Team at the Advocacy Center for Crime Victims and Children in Waco, Texas. If you or someone you know has experienced sexual violence or harassment and is seeking support services or needs more information, links to resources and our hotline number can be found in the description. The views expressed in this podcast are those of the hosts and guests and do not necessarily reflect those of their organizations or affiliates. Welcome back to this week's episode of Real Asianship Goals Special Topics. We are so excited to be here with you today. I am Kyla. Mariana. I'm Maria. We are going to jump right on in with our content for today. So February is Black History Month. Um, by the time you hear this episode, um, it'll be February. Um, this month, we wanted to dedicate our special topics episode to learning more about a few incredible folks who made an impact in history. Um, so I'm going to be speaking about my person first. My person is Harriet Tubman. Um, Harriet Tubman was born in March around the time between 1820, 1822, in those few years, not quite sure what day. But um, she was born in Dorchester County, Maryland. Um, she was mostly known for guiding enslaved people to freedom. Um, she made several trips back to the American South. I believe she took 13 missions awesome. back to the South and rescued hundreds of enslaved people. Um, so she was just like this great, outstanding American abolitionist and social activist um, and the reason why she was just so outstanding in this is just how she was able to navigate through the Underground Railroad, which was a well-structured network that was built for escaping enslaved people. Um, there were different routes and different safe houses for them to go to. And first, she had to rescue herself um, in order to get to free land, to become a free woman. But I think the reason why I wanted to speak on her today is because she is just so admirable mm -hmm. for the work she has done and with her work in the Underground Railroad connected her to doing other things as well because she was a spy, she was a scouter, she was a nurse, um, she was a soldier, and also she was the first African-American woman to be considered a soldier in the military. And so her works with that just led her to do many other great things and just shows how it is important for people to be dedicated and fight for their rights and fight for their freedom. Um, so it just opened up the floodgates for people to realize that you are a person and you are worth being treated like a person um, and not having your rights restricted from you based off your skin color. So that's my little spiel on Harriet Tubman. 13 trips. 13. And she it's, never got captured and she never lost a passenger. Truly mind-blowing. Mm -hmm. Also, just like the the bravery to, after escaping, mm -hmm. be like, I'm, and like the care and the love for other people to overcome that just 
basal like animal fear of like my own safety mm-hmm. of I'm gonna make that trip not only once not only twice but 13, 13 more times. times of just like that life-threatening situation I just true genuine love and yeah. going back for people that are not her family she did was able to rescue two of her siblings out of the five um because I believe the majority of the siblings were just that scared but she did manage to save two of her siblings mm-hmm. um and then save other families that were brave enough to want to you know take the risk of going to be free you know so 13 missions and now you gotta think about it going through rivers mm-hmm. and trees and in the woods and things like that and you're being hunted for Mm -hmm. by dogs and stuff like that that is special to a t Mm -hmm. and because you know there was no technology Mm -hmm. in those days at all Mm -hmm. everything if you had to get in contact with someone in those days you had to write a letter Mm -hmm. or something that took days yep and so being able to navigate through that and also during those times they didn't have education they were very, very just not educated a lot. But through those 13 missions, she was able to make her way, navigate her way. She knew the routes in and out. She knew the safe houses she can go to. Like she didn't, she did not create the Underground Railroad, but she really greatly benefited from it. And she also helped others benefit from it. So, yeah, when I think of, of Harriet Tubman and the other people that we'll be talking about in this podcast, I think the word that jumps out to me the most is resiliency mm-hmm. and just I mean they were um they were monumental mm-hmm. to to everything that happened and within their their um can't think of the word in English but yeah, yeah. <laughs> mission yeah. I said yes in there <laughs> yeah I I feel I think you like unlocked some little back door inside of my brain that had entirely forgotten about her role like as a spy in the war. Mm-hmm. Completely forgotten yeah. that. Just truly an incredible person. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, thank you for a reminding me of that <laughs> and b uh, sharing about her with us today. Um I have my person that I chose, I'm so excited about. It was a battle, y'all, for me to pick a person because I had two people that I wanted to do. Just don't have time for that. Um, so outside of this, go look up Marsha P. Johnson. She's incredible. I love her. Um, but today I'm going to be uh sharing about Bessie Coleman, um, who is the first uh black woman to be a licensed pilot in the United States. Just sick. Um so she was born in Atlanta, Texas, uh, which is important to know because I read Atlanta and immediately said Georgia, but Atlanta, Texas in 1892. Uh, we love a Texas girly. Um, her dad moved to Oklahoma in 1901 to try and escape uh, the discrimination in Texas. Uh, but Bessie's mom and siblings remained in Waxahachie, Texas. Uh, while growing up, uh, she helped her mom pick cotton and wash laundry to try and earn extra money like for their family and also to save up for college because when she was 18 she'd saved up enough money to attend the colored agricultural and normal university which is now named uh, Langston University in Langston Oklahoma Um, unfortunately though she had to drop out after only one semester because she couldn't afford the cost of tuition Um, so whenever she was 23 she went to live with her brothers in Chicago 
and attended the Burnham School of Beauty Culture in 1915 and became a manicurist in a local barber shop. And while she was doing all of that, her brothers uh, served in the military during World War I. And uh, whenever they came home, they brought home stories of their time in France and their time in the military. Um, John, one of her brothers would tease her because French women were allowed to fly planes and, and in the United States, they were not. Um, and her brother's stories and the stories of other folks like from the military inspired her to become a pilot. And she began to apply to many flight schools across the country, but no school would take her because she was both um, black and a woman. So, uh, but a famous um, African-American newspaper publisher, Robert Abbott, suggested to her that she move to France where she could learn to fly. That meant that her flight school applications had to be in French, <laughs> so she took night school French classes. And then um, after taking those classes and sending out applications, she was accepted to the Codrum Brothers School of Aviation in, I'm going to butcher this, sorry, France, Les Crotoy, mm. France. Uh, and she received her international pilot's license on June 15th, 1921, and then returned to the United States. She was the first uh, Black woman to also receive a pilot's license uh, from the specific international aviation agency association. Wow. So that's also awesome. Um, her dream was to own her own plane and open her own flight school. She earned money after coming back to the United States by giving speeches and showing films of her flight tricks um, at churches, theaters, and schools. Um, she refused to speak or present anywhere that was segregated or discriminated against uh, Black folks. And in 1922, she performed the first public flight by an African-American woman. This is cool. Uh, she was famous for tricks that she could do in an airplane, so like loop-de-loops and figure eights, uh, like one of the first people to ever do that. Whoa. Um, she became popular in both the U.S. and in Europe, uh, touring the country to give flight lessons and perform in flight shows, encouraging um, both African-Americans and women to learn how to fly. She experienced an injury during, uh, experienced an injury in her first major airplane accident in 1923, but was fully recovered and back to performing dangerous tricks in 1925. She worked hard and earned enough to purchase her own plane, so she achieved uh, one of her dreams, and I have the name of the plane. It is a Jenny JN4 with an AUX5 engine. I don't know what any of those words mean, but it was a plane. So <laughs> yay, <laughs> yay plane. Um, and she um, eventually, like after she had recovered, uh, returned to perform in her hometown in Texas. But because Texas was segregated, the managers that were planning this performance uh, intended to create two separate entrances for black and white people to enter the stadium and she refused to perform unless there was only one, unless they only created one entrance for all people to use. Um, and after several meetings, the managers finally agreed uh, to only have one gate for people to enter, but they would still have folks sit in segregated sections. Uh, but under those conditions, uh, Bessie agreed to perform and became famous for publicly standing up for her beliefs. Um, then on April 30th, 1926, she took a test flight with the mechanic William Wills, uh, Wills piloted the plane while Betsy, Bessie sat in the passenger seat, and while in flight, a loose wrench got stuck in the engine, and Wills lost control of the plane, and the plane flipped. Um, because she wasn't wearing a seatbelt, she fell from the plane and didn't uh, tragically did not survive the fall. And her death was heartbreaking for thousands of people across the world. Um, and famous activist Ida B. Wells delivered her eulogy, which mm -hmm. is interesting. Um, but her 
Termination and Legacy continues to inspire communities all over the country uh, with many aviation awards being named in her honor. Uh, Bessie Coleman, the first black woman to be a licensed pilot in the United States. Absolutely sick. That's <laughs> she's crazy. Y'all know Marsha so P. Johnson is my girl, but I stumbled across Bessie Coleman and I said, you're so cool. Awesome. Because like just the determination right? just to get her license, like yes. you took night classes to learn French. To learn French so you could get accepted to this school wow. in France. That's a high drive right there. High drive. Like so determined. But that drive was, you know, pushed and pursued and came out because when you think of jobs and mm -hmm. occupations or people out here, like they try to put it in a bubble, mm -hmm. make it gender specific, mm -hmm. like being a manicurist, that's for a woman. Yeah. I'm like, well, you got proved wrong because <laughs> she became the first black woman to become a pilot. Mm -hmm. And so she just outdid herself with all that. And also just taking a stand towards people that did not see it fit for a woman mm -hmm. and especially a black woman to be a pilot she was very admirable with taking her stand like no i will not tolerate this i will not perform in segregated community communities or anything like that until you understand that this is unnecessary mm -hmm. and this just really doesn't need to exist i like now that um movies about people are becoming so like popularized and commonplace. If they made a movie about her, you bet I would be at the premiere. Seated. Oh yes, 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 yes. Mm -hmm. That'd be that'd be wild to watch. Yeah, I was just like, man, just I don't. I even after reading her story, I personally do not have aspirations to become a pilot. But there is something about just reading, like you said, like her determination, her story, and like using her platform that made me just feel like I was like. Yeah. yeah, I want to punch the air and like run a <laughs> run a marathon. Not really, but I have a lot of like positive energy now. Of um, just yeah, it's awesome. It goes to show like, that women can do anything that they put their minds mm -hmm. to, and there are no limitations to what you can do. Mm -hmm. You can be a pilot. You can be a firefighter. You can be anything. We're just as capable. Just as capable. Yeah, just using our platform I can't I can't even begin to fathom how also just empowering in that moment that she was able to also return to her hometown and make that stand and mm -hmm. be like no you know what I'm not going to perform mm -hmm. unless you stop being silly about this yeah. one gate period and I'm just like yes yes you say yes yes love it what you got Cool. So I've got, um, I was thinking, let me rephrase that. I was thinking about like our Waco community. We had met another preventioneer and, you know, he was talking about within his community, like educating people about, you know, um, uh, black leaders in the community and, and things like that. So I got to thinking about like, well, we have stuff like that here in Waco. Mm -hmm. and I thought it'd be really cool to share with everyone listening about, um, Doris Miller, um, or also goes by Dory. Um, but Dory Miller was this amazing, amazing dude. He was the first Black recipient of the Navy Cross and a nominee for the Medal of Honor. Um, so Dory Miller was born on October 12th, 1940, 
1919 here in Waco, Texas, around the time um, that there was a huge lynching pandemic in the South. Um, and so around the time that there was actually, you know, an instance here within our own hometown, unfortunately. Jesse um, Washington. Jesse, will, 17-year-old we, Jesse Washington. We will name it. Uh, City Hall. Yeah, for sure. Um, three. Yeah. It, so it was in uh, 1916 when that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, he dropped out of high school to help support a struggling family. Couldn't really find like a job besides being like a busboy. That didn't make a lot of money. So at the age of 19, in September 1939, he decided to join the U.S. Navy. And at that point in time, um, Black Americans weren't allowed to hold like certain positions within the Navy in terms of jobs they can do or uh, advancements in positions. Like you didn't hear about any Black officers in the Navy. Like that just didn't happen. So they were uh, mess men, or they worked in the in the kitchens. And then if they were needed to, they would be they would be manning a hole, which is where they would just pass the ammunition to the gunmen. Um, so that is what that is what he did. And so kind of skipping ahead a little bit, there was the um, bombing of Pearl Harbor, Pearl Harbor, December 7th, 1941. And he was on one of the vessels that was being bomb- bombed. Um, so he was 22. He was a mess attendant third class and was doing the laundry for you know one of the the end signs that was there and he went to go find like as soon as the first torpedo hit he went to go find like a little station so he can help with the people with the magazine well you know there was other people there he went um elsewhere where he found uh one of the captains like mortally wounded and he helped lift the dying captain and move him over and so throughout the whole incident at Pearl Harbor, he was accredited with saving many lives because he would just like, you know, homeboy was strong. He was a heavyweight boxer. Um, uh, yeah, he was like, he was cool. He was a heavyweight. He was the heavyweight boxing champion um, in that little, uh, on the ship. So oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so he was a strong dude. He like helped carry a bunch of people, helped save their lives, like um, helped getting them safety. Like he did a lot for everyone. And there was eventually, um, he got to one of the um, guns and found that there was no one manning it. And so what he did is he like took the gun and he started manning it himself. And so there's a, like a little bit of debate on like how like how many planes he hit. Mm-hmm. But I mean, nobody can deny that what he did was manning the gun and helping take down mm-hmm. um, the people who were attacking them was like a great help within that or you know within the um the attack um people were saying that he it looked like he'd been doing it his whole life like he was naturally just gifted at that and so when they had to abandon ship because it was starting to sink um you know they swam like hundreds of yards to get to shore he was still helping people like pulling them out helping make sure they get to safety and um he was one of the um last three men to leave the ship West Virginia mm-hmm. um and so he was able to help um you know it's a scores of injured sailors mm-hmm. um of the 1541 crew members um 52 were wounded 106 were killed and he helped a lot of the wounded over like I've already said um so there was debates on like whether or not he should be named and in a lot of articles 
he wasn't given the credit he deserved because he was black so it was just like unnamed black soldier Mm -hmm. um or sailor which was really excuse me for all the you know military people but sailor is the proper term here Mm -hmm. um which was really unfortunate and a lot of people were standing up for him and telling you know um i believe nixon was president at the time and his um secretary they were like no like y'all need to do more for him like y'all need to award him this medal and y'all need to name him like this is give credit where credit is due mm-hmm. um so and he was just kind of like not really making sorry it was roosevelt mm-hmm. so he was like not really mm-hmm. um making a big deal out of it it was like he did it because like that was the right thing to do you know he put himself in that in that danger because like it was within him to help all these other people mm-hmm. um so later on he was back on another ship um and that ship was um attacked as well and unfortunately he did not he did not make it out of that ship um his body wasn't recovered but there was like no denying like whether or not like you know if he was um black or not like his actions were really heroic and they paved the way just two months after his death for um black people in the in the navy to start getting little proper training and so they were opening up office officer schools for black people and that was like just monumental in helping people realize that skin color doesn't matter. Like they are just as capable, if not more, than others in wanting to do whatever they want to do. So we have the Doris Miller Community Center named after him. Um, Cause like I said, he's born here in Waco. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're ever in Waco, check that out. Um, it's a great piece of history that I don't think a lot of people are aware of here mm-hmm. in Waco. Mm-hmm. It's just goes to show how admirable it is just for people that do um, join any parts of the military. And back then, how people put their lives on the line for other people and segregation and discrimination was still going on. It, you can just admire those people even more yeah. because they're thinking of a humanity mm-hmm. perspective instead of oh, well, this is my skin color. Oh, mm-hmm. I'm just going to say the people that are my skin color or things like that. It's just more admirable to honor those people because at the end of the day, we are still people and I still want to see these people survive. And those people that go out there and they do that work are very special and deserve all the respect in the world. Um, but that is a great piece of history that... I didn't really know much about here in Waco and I'm a Waco, Waco and I was born and raised here and I did not know that. Um, and I know that was named after him, but that's great to know. Yeah. And he was, like you mentioned the segregation, like something I didn't mention is that when he went to boot camp, he was at a segregated all black boot camp mm-hmm. and station for him. So like that was very much still, you know, we, we think about it. It was only like, like a hundred years ago like in the grand scheme of things that wasn't long ago you know Mm -hmm. I feel like he really hit the nail on the head of like he like was willing to see others with the humanity that they were not willing to view him Mm -hmm. through which is just mind-bending to think about the depth of like empathy and care and kind of like we said with um like Harriet Tubman of just the love like mm-hmm. that wealth of love um that he was able to show and just and to rise above that 
yes. about the hate. Yeah. Incredible. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, definitely a hero. Mm -hmm. Definitely very proud to have a piece of his history here mm -hmm. for sure. Yes. Oof. But yeah. Good spot to transition into our relationship goal. Just I'm still I will be probably in awe for the rest of the day just of the <laughs> stories that we were able to explore together today. I mean, we definitely just want to encourage you like all throughout this Black History Month to be like learning more. Yeah. There are so many incredible folks uh, that have impacted our lives in so many ways and have impacted history and have done all these great, incredible things um, that have not received like the credit or the attention mm -hmm. that is deserved or their accomplishments have been overshadowed or attributed to white people. Mm -hmm. And so just absolutely take some intentional time this month to be seeking out these folks that have done these incredible things and learn a little bit more just because it's oh there's so much yes um but we'll go ahead and take this opportunity to transition into our relationship goal for this week which maria has for us yes so kind of going in line with that like um i would actually love to challenge people to like take a look like go out with a friend or something go out by yourself and look at like the things in your community and so like you'll find that in, in many of our communities like our history is rich and things that have happened whether it be good um like Doris Miller coming out of Waco or bad like the Jesse Washington incident here in Waco um everything has like happened and it it needs to be embraced and for the good things like take that negative information and like aspire to be more and for the things that are bad like same thing like take that negative information you know, process it and just be like, hey, like this sucked, but like, how can I do more to help prevent, you know, other instances of racism or bigotry within my community? So hold your communities accountable. Yes. Recognize where wrong has been done and do better. Yeah. Be better. You've got to be better. Thank you. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's a great one. And Ariana, you have our recommendation for today, my friend. Yes, I do. And my recommendation goes right along with this spotlight in us highlighting Black History Month. Watching a documentary, mm -hmm. ugh, that didn't come out right, <laughs> documentary about anyone that has not been highlighted yet mm -hmm. for their resilience, mm -hmm. especially during Black History Month, because there are many that have not been highlighted and have not had the recognition for the work that they have done. Um, because it's just interesting to know about things that have happened in your community or somewhere else. It doesn't really necessarily have to be in your community. Um, but just seeing how much these people have impacted society overall. That's my recommendation. Love it. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us again this week. We will see you, not next week, because we're taking a break next week, but we will see you the following week for our next uh, Community Partner episode. Bye. Adios. Thanks so much for tuning in to Real Asianship Goals. This episode was produced by the Prevention and Education Department of the Advocacy Center for Crime Victims and Children in Waco, Texas. 
interested in more content from Peony or the Advocacy Center, you can follow us on Instagram at ACCVC underscore prevention or on Instagram and Facebook at Advocacy Waco. Be sure to like this episode and follow us wherever you get your podcasts. See you next time. Bye.